Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Ruby Rogues. This week on our panel, we have Dave Kimura. Hey, everyone. Valentino Stoll. Hey, now. I'm Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And this week, I kind of accidentally booked this episode, but there is something that I wanted to talk about, so I just left it. I've been working lately, and I've been talking to a whole bunch of people about potential like coaching uh, engagements, things like that. A lot of people are looking for ways to advance their careers, whether they're juniors trying to prove that they've got the chops to be mid-level or seniors. And usually it's tied in like getting paid more, getting more recognition and just advancing in general, feel like they're moving forward because a lot of people feel stuck. And then a lot of the advanced folks, it's it's kind of the same deal, except so they want to get paid more and stuff like that, too. But they're looking for a different level of fulfillment, right? So if you're a junior and you're trying to move up, you're just trying to you're trying to open the door to better, usually technical jobs. But people at the top end, what they're looking for is, okay, where do I go now, right? And how do I even know what to focus on or what to work on or who to talk to or things like that? And so I've kind of condensed all this into how to stay current. But what it really is, is it's how to take control of your career. I kind of call people who have done this, who have kind of taken control of their career this way, trailblazers. And that's probably a term I'm going to be using more and more and more. But being a trailblazer developer, you know, and and I feel like to a certain degree, Dave's done this with Drifting Ruby and some of the other things that he's involved in. Valentino, just being on the show and some of the initiatives that, you know, we've talked about that you've been involved in at Doximity. And you seem pretty confident that, you know, you're where you want to be. And so for me, it's 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 down to that, right? You know, we see John working on like ship lane and he's kind of charting his own course. And what I find is, is that a lot of that winds up being built on the back of the people you've gotten to know, the skills you've built and your ability to kind of stay up on what's going on in the industry. And so anyway, so that's what we're talking about. And just in full disclosure, I'm actually doing a pre-sale on a course that I'm putting together that'll walk you through this process. And I'm basically giving it away in the pre-sale and adding some stuff on because I want feedback from people who are going through it. And I want to give people a chance to, to really nail it, get some testimonials and stuff. And then I'll probably up it from there. But uh, if you go to topendevs.com, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's easier because rather than trying to read out a URL. But if you go there, it's going to be $47. And basically the plan is, is to go 10 weeks. I'll drop a lesson every week. I may go back and edit lessons based on feedback, but I'll drop a lesson every week and we'll do a weekly Q&A call. And so if you get stuck on anything from that lesson or anything in general, you have questions about your career, you can just bring it to that call and we'll hang out for an hour or so and make sure that, you know, the course is what people like you need, but also make sure that you're getting what you need out of what I'm putting out there. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So so that's kind of it. I'm, I'm a little curious for both of you as we dive into this though, like what do you do to to put yourself in, a, in the position you want to be in with your career, with work, with the community, have opportunities come to you and be able to kind of end up where you want to end up. Yeah, it's tough because I think everyone's going to be in their mm-hmm. own situation and they're going to have their own circumstances, especially around their home life and what they have going on, where their priorities are. And essentially, I think that a career is an important part of life because the society we live in, you need money in order to get money. You need to 
work for it or inherit it. I'm not lucky enough to inherit it. Mm -hmm. So I have to work for it. And so the choices that I make will ultimately affect my work career. So do I want to just show up for work, do what's been asked, leave work, and then do whatever I want with my free time? And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, unless if during those few hours that I'm working, unless if I'm displaying some exemplary performance or life-saving, game-changing things, then I think that my career will be limited as far mm -hmm. as what I'm able to do or advance within a certain company. On the flip side, if I want to just get my name out there as much as possible, working for all different kinds of companies, staying there for one year at a time, that's going to give get me a lot more exposure at different companies. And it's going to show that you know I was able to do this at this company. I was able to increase revenue at this company and all this other kind of stuff. But I think that you are also hurting your potential learning. So yeah, you can be making a lot more because each job you go to, they're going to try to give you a better offer than what you're currently at. But usually, hopefully, but yeah, there is a point in which that will plateau. In which case, you know, no one's going to pay you five million dollars to be a mid-level developer. It's just that's not realistic. So at some point, there's a plateau. So what do you do at that point? Do you just stay at that plateau? I mean, still, you're making bank. You're doing great for yourself, but you're not really learning anything more. You're not really advancing yourself personally to a different way of thinking or a different level of coding. And the only way I find myself able to learn that is by screwing up and having to then live with those mistakes instead of moving on to another company. So I don't know, maybe that's some stuff we want to unpack or kick off the conversation. Maybe. Are, but are you advocating for doing this on your own stuff or just sticking around longer than a year at wherever you're working? I think it really depends on what you want to do. You know, mm -hmm. I think the first thing before we even talk about growing our careers and anything like that, we have to say, what do I want? What is it that I really want that's going to make me happy? I've thought this through. Mm -hmm. This isn't just some by the seat of my pants, just some whim. But it's rather something that I've really given thought to. You know, I want to have a family at home where I can spend a lot of time with. I want to have a successful career and find that balance and see in order to get what I want, in order to get what I want, what are the things that need to happen? Do I need to go yep. off on my own so I can build my own schedule? I can do that. Or do I need to invest in a company and stay with them long term? Yeah, that's that's the first step that I've come to as well, to be honest. The first lesson is, is what do you want? And effectively, yeah, that's what it boils down to, right? And, so, and, and what I'm talking about is, to a certain degree, there are two parts to that. I mean, one of them is, what do I want in the short term, right? You know, I, I want to get paid more, right? You know, we're going through inflation and stuff like that. And without getting too politically involved in all of that, right, stuff costs more. And so, you know, do I need to get paid more? Do I want better benefits? Do I short-term pain that I'm going to solve? And then, yeah, the longer term is, you know, what do I want my career to look like, right? Do I want to be an influencer? Or do I want to be the go-to expert at the company I work at, right? And then I'm happy to do that. I want to work at a startup where I'm a co-founder, or I want to work at a big company that's just going to take care of me. And, you know, and none of these are wrong. And I, I have a whole list of questions that, kind of help you frame a lot of this stuff, but then you can start to work your way backward. Well, if I want to be the CTO at a startup that blah, 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 then I need to learn enough technical knowledge to be able to kind of bootstrap things until I can hire people. And then I also need to have the team building skills and leadership skills to be able to run a, you know, a technical organization within a company to get the job done when we grow. And so, you know, that that's where we start building into, okay, now that I know what I want, yeah, then it's, okay, now who's putting the information out there that I want? You know, who can I grab as a mentor? Who can I, right, the, the other steps to, to learning what you need to know. And then also, yeah, you're going to want to stay up to date so you can take advantage of the latest technology when you're in whatever position, right? Whether you're the ex-technical expert or the influencer or the CTO or something else. 
so that when when it comes down to it, you can make the right decision for the circumstances you find yourself in. And, yeah. and so a lot of this is just prepping for wherever you're going to end up in the future, what, what you're going to encounter as you go. You know, one interesting thing that people always say, and by people, you know, I mean like myself and just others I've talked to. So just we will say, well, I want to make more money. But why do you want to make more money? How much yeah. more money? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where money in general is just a social construct of currency for trade. So why do I want this thing that really has no value in my life? So I could have $10 million or $5 billion and be just as happy as I am with mm-hmm. making you know $100,000 a year. So why do I want more money? Is it so I don't ever have to count the number of items and their costs when I go to the grocery store? I can just buy whatever groceries I want. Is it so I could afford a house, provide for a family, pay for children's insanely priced college education? So I think why do you want to earn more money is mm-hmm. a valid question to ask. Yep. Yeah, you know, so much of this depends on really the, who you're working for, right? Like whether or not it's yourself or if you're going to be working for somebody else, who are their clients, right? Like, are you a product? Is it a product company that you are you plan to be working for or a consultancy where you're going to be working for many other companies, right? I think these are very important questions to like choose the direction that you're headed. And, and it will, a lot of those decisions kind of don't even come up, right? Until you're at a certain stage in your development, right? And so early on, it, it really is like important of just like finding the right company. Cause I mean, for the most part, I talked to a lot of earlier, early career people. You know, I've, I've volunteered at, at many of the Ruby conferences before as a guide. And it's just like the, the stories you hear from people starting up. It's always, you know, how do I know like what company to pick? What direction to take? Like, how do I make sure that I'm up to speed on all this stuff to learn? Which, you know, if as soon as you join a pick your pick what company and path that you want to go to any one is going to be better than nothing right <laughs> uh, well the other thing is is that a lot of times especially if you haven't experienced working at a big company versus a small company or a startup where they're scraping things together versus an established product you don't actually know which one's going to be the thing that you like yeah and i mean seeking advice from somebody on what which one is better is still going to be hard to to know, right? Like you, even if you you go and you say, okay, well, working in a bigger company, you're going to have, uh, you may have more departments that you have to deal with, more people trying to steal your time, you may not be as flexible, right, in the kind of work that you'd be doing or something like that. Uh, you could say all these things, but it's really not going to make sense until you mm-hmm. <laughs> you've gone through that, right? And so it's kind of hard to convey those kinds of messages. But what I think is more important is kind of like talking to somebody who's gone through a, a a year at where they're at and they're either dissatisfied or something that, you know, they need to change something. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, not necessarily a good idea to to move or, or change directions. Um, maybe there's just something that is not clear in that moment in your life, right? Uh, and I, that's kind of where we're getting at now, right? Is how do you... How do you pick that path that's right for you uh, when there are so many possibilities, right? Like, you do you want to like create your own content? Do you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. should, <laughs> if you if you have enough money, like you were talking about, Dave, where you can take the risk and start up your own thing? Like, is that even something you want to do, right? Uh, so, how do you how did you guys decide to take the path you're on, right? Like, Dave, what made you decide? Oh, I'm going to create Drifting Ruby. It may t- take some pain in, cool. in my life. You know, this is cool. I'm having fun. Like, what decisions and, and factors like went through your mind to make that decision? So, I'll first say that when I was younger, and younger meaning when I was in my early twenties, there was a guy that I worked at uh, worked with at a engineering company. They did mechanical, civil, structural engineering. And I was hired on as their system administrator. So I was responsible for all their networks and stuff. And one of the EE guys that I got really in close contact with, you know, we became buddies. He was older, you know, by a magnitude of, you know, 40 years old or so. 
and he had two kids at home and a wife. I was single. You know, I wasn't married, no kids. And so I got into programming at that point in time. And one thing I just could not understand, he was obviously not happy at his job. He didn't like working there. He wanted to do his own thing. And so I said, well, why don't you just go do it? And now being older with four kids, I realize exactly what he was going through. It's because he was the sole provider for his family. He was the only person that was bringing in income. So Mm -hmm. all of that weight was on his shoulders. No bad choice. It was a choice that they made as a family, as a husband and wife. They made that choice and that's okay. But he was at a point in his life where the risk was way too great to move jobs. That unless if he was forced to move on, that if he was out of work, it's not just affecting him. You know, he's just not going to get his car repossessed or his home taken away. It's going to affect his spouse his children. And so the risk was way too great for them. And I understand that now. And it's stressful knowing that if I make a mistake at work or if I do something, then that could have lasting consequences on my family. And so I would say if you are young without any significant attachments, you know, no children, you know, you don't have that high level responsibility. And it could be other things for you. You know, if you're not into children, if you're not, you know, going down that road, but if you don't have any significant responsibilities, then who cares what job you get? Just try it out. If a company is hiring you as a junior dev, just give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. So, well, I don't know everyone's situation, especially in other countries in the United States. I think we have a certain level of access to jobs, especially with remote work, that it's not a big deal if you try out different jobs. And if you find something that you like or you mesh well, then stick there, write it out, learn a lot from your mistakes. But for me, I do have a day job that I work, you know, the whole nine to five. But then I also do Drift and Ruby on the side. And I would love to do Drift and Ruby full time and really devote all my resources to that. However, the risk is way too great. Unless if I am making a comfortable percentage above, just because it's not a steady income, I have four kids and a wife. It's too big of a risk for me to just do that on my own. But the reason why I did initially start it is because that is my end goal. I want to be my own boss, my own employer. I want to be able to take a vacation and not have to worry about like, oh no, I'm going to be away for two weeks. You know, my boss is going to get really mad at me. Instead, I could just double up several weeks, have episodes recorded and prepared to release on schedule and then take as much time off as I want. So that's my ultimate goal that I'm working towards. And there is a dollar number in which you know we will reach that threshold where I can focus on it full time. We're not there yet. But ultimately, that's my five-year plan. So let's talk about like how, how does somebody get involved in pursuing that next step, right? Like, so that's your kind of goal, Dave, it seems mm-hmm. like you want to be doing drifting ruby full-time right like so i mean the first first thing maybe is like you've already created this thing that you want to do right like you've already made that path it makes me think of other people in the ruby community too right like uh Gemma isra right that she like started writing about the memory allocator in ruby and how the garbage collection works and she focused on that and wrote a book and ultimately i feel like it helped pave a way for her current role at Shopify, right, where she's working on a core team that's committed to, you know, committing to Ruby. And she has that knowledge that she's gained from paving that path for herself. And similar with like Nate Berkespec too, right? It seems like they have a, he had, where, you know, he took on Puma as an example and kind of created this go-to performance company, right? And has specialized in performance in Ruby and subsequently rails right and you know dave with your screencasts right like you've kind of picked a a niche at a specific thing where you know that's kind of seems to be the parallel where something is created in a a niche that you're creating content for and that's great and unfortunately as for all of you (laughs) that i've mentioned you know it takes money to back that 
trajectory where every one of you has like worked in some capacity for a larger organization to hopefully get to the end result, right? And I, th- I feel like for a large part of that path, it's going to be for everyone, right? Is you're going to ultimately have to decide to work for an organization that's going to help support you in that path in your to your future. That, you know, hopefully you've disclosed that, right, to your company that you're working for, that that is a, an ultimate goal. And hopefully the organization will help support you in getting there, right? And I feel like that's been true for, you know, Nate, for you, uh, for Gemma, and for a lot of other people I've, I follow in the Ruby community. And it, it kind of seems like that's something set up in the Ruby community is that ecosystem of like pursuing your own future and kind of going against the, gr- the grind, as it were, a major, huge company where a lot of the, that personal pursuit might be lost. And so I'm, I'm kind of grateful to be in the Ruby community for that reason. For myself, I don't have enough uh, focus <laughs> to do that for myself. I just am interested in too many different things at once to, to focus on one thing for too long. <laughs> but I, to- I totally commend you for, you know, for following that. But I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, what is like something that you see similar like this in, in the past that can help decide what to focus on, right? Like, cause that, that ultimately is the biggest thing. Like for me, myself, I have a problem focusing, right? And so like, I'm into hardware sometimes. So I'll write about Ruby doing hardware stuff, right? But I, I, I just can't find the focus or attention or I don't know what it is, right? But I, I can't find that thing that I just feel like, okay, this is what I want to do, right? Like, w- what do you guys like is something that you've latched onto and been like, okay, this is, this is what I want. Well, I mean, you're, you're kind of hitting on the next piece, so to speak, of what, what we talk about here, right? Cause a lot of people, they'll get that idea, right? I want to be a major open source developer or this or that, right? And they don't see the path, right? You know, Dave, I feel like is kind of in a lot of ways inventing the path. I mean, there are people that did it. You know, Ryan Bates did it with Railscast Pro and he had a whole bunch of people paying him money. Right. And so, yeah, you know, it's it's okay. Well, what are the what are the steps? What are the next stages that I need to go through? And then what do I need to learn? Usually it boils down to a handful of questions. It's what do I need to learn or know? Who do I need to hire and who do I need to get to know? Right. So you brought up Nate, right, on on Puma, right? I mean, how long did he contribute to Puma and other projects before he finally got a break and was kind of the Puma guy, right? I don't know Gemma, but I'm assuming, again, that she built relationships. She did a bunch of legwork to figure out how, you know, Ruby worked. And then finally, you know, was able to step up and step over the, you know, the barriers that were in her way to to get to where she wanted, right? And it's the same thing with with Dave, right? I mean, I hope Ruby Rogues has helped people find Drifting Ruby. We we don't talk about it nearly as much as I think we probably ought to to push people that direction. But, you know, it's it's the same kind of thing. It's, you know, who who can be out there championing your stuff, right? And how do you get to know those people? What what tools, technologies, techniques do I need to learn? What marketing techniques do I need to learn, right? And so, so that's, that's where the rest of this breaks down is, okay, so I've got this, this end goal out here, right? I've got this idea, right? Drifting Ruby full time, right? So how, how do I get there, right? And I mean, on paper, it's relatively simple, right? It's just a number, right? It's, I, I have so many people paying me and that means I make so much every month and that's enough to pay the bills. And so I can go to my employer and I can say, I really appreciate everything, but I'm going to go do this other thing. And so, yeah, so who are those folks, right? What do I learn? And and that's kind of the next stage. So, and I, I push people, because you, Dave, you also said you have a five-year plan, but then I like to break it down. What do I need to do over the next three months, right? How do I knock that out so that I'm making the kind of progress I need to make toward my goal, right? And so it could be, you know, I need to learn these marketing things, or I know that this things coming out that I need to be on top of for my videos. So you go learn those over the next three months, right? And you feel like that'll attract enough people in. So so that's that's kind of the next stage and and just walking people through that process. Uh, there's a book out there called The 12-Week Year that I have adopted a lot of stuff out of for that. 
But yeah, it's I, I feel like it's really down to consistency, right? It's just consistency and not spending your time on things that aren't going to move the needle for you. And then the rest of it is is because you're not spending time on the things that aren't going to move the needle for you. In other words, you know, figuring out what those next steps are and then doing them, right? Then then you get eventually to that point where things pay off for you. I don't know if this is something you you plan on covering in your course or not, Chuck, but I was just thinking about this as you were talking. So a lot of this is kind of mm-hmm. growing the career. But I think it's also important to talk about what not to do to tank your career. Because, I mean, that can essentially set you back a long time. And just to share a story around this, and hopefully this will tie back and make sense. I worked on a product that I greenfielded. And it was for a company. And I built it out. I was the initial sole developer. And then we ended up building a team around it. Our company got acquired. And the new employer had no intention of building out that product. Instead, they only wanted the clients and then to convert them over to their product. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. But my reaction to that situation could have had negatively impacted my career. because. This was a product that I spent initially when we were first building it out, 16 hours a day, seven days a week for six months. I was up and doing this around the clock. I only stopped to eat and sleep. It damaged my marriage. And we had two kids at the time. And so it was something that I had invested a lot into. And if when I got the news that this product is dead. We're just going to copy the clients off and move them off. If I was emotionally invested in that product, then I could have said the wrong things and lost my job or whatever the situation. I was passionate about the product all throughout its its heyday. And even when it was getting sunsetted, you know, I was passionate about the product. And even to the point where the technologies that we created within there, I helped share into their product that they were transitioning people over to. But if I was emotional about that product, if I had emotional ties to it, which it's really hard to have that separation, I would have said something really dumb to the wrong person. And it would have probably costed me my job. So don't... And I know that's kind of a touchy subject about like, don't get emotional about this or that. But ultimately, and this ties back to the beginning, what we were talking about, what is your goal? Is your goal to prove a point that you really care about this product? Or is your goal to advance your career? Now, which mm-hmm. reaction that you take is going to help contribute to that goal? And even though you're really upset that a company is doing you wrong like this, or you think that they are, is that reaction going to help your your personal goal or not? And if it's not going to help advance your goal, then you need to think twice before you act. Because ultimately, you're ultimately going to hurt yourself. And it's not worth it. Because the company doesn't give a crap. If you want to get upset, if you want to lash out, rage quit or whatever, they don't give a crap. Ultimately, you are hurting yourself. And you have to ask yourself, is it worth it before you do whatever action? Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go, and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. It's interesting that you brought the example that you did because most of the things you're going to do that are going to be negatively impactful to your career are down to the people and the way that you talk to them or treat them, right? So, I mean, if you came and you raised the concern, hey, look, we've got a bunch of people on this product and it really, you know, makes a difference and blah, blah, blah. And you're reasonable about it. And they come back and they say, well, we're going to move all the features over to this other product and we're going to move all the customers over to 
and you make the case for why you think that is or isn't a good idea, and they make the case for why they're going to do it anyway, you're not going to get fired. But if you go in there and you blow your wad because you're emotionally compromised, right, and and you're insulting to people and, you you know, you do the things that really you shouldn't do in the way you treat people, that's almost always why I see people lose their job, right? It's It's usually not because they weren't technically competent or because they made a major technical mistake or anything like that. Usually it's because they did something that caused somebody else in the organization to react to the way that they were behaving. And so, yeah, you know, there are definitely detrimental things that people can do. I really do plan to focus mostly on the positive things that people can do, because I think I think if you're focused on consistent learning, building relationships and, you know, kind of showing up within the company and within the community, those are going to be the things that open doors for you. And I'd rather talk about opening doors than the things that are going to uh, close the doors. The other thing is, is that sometimes it may be detrimental, but it may be worth taking a stand as well. And you've got to know when to pick your battles, right? So for example, and and again, I'm not going to make a value judgment on this, but I know a lot of people that lost their jobs because they wouldn't get the COVID-19 vaccine, right? And, you know, you can argue whether they're right or wrong. I'm not interested in that. But a lot of people felt like they were in the right. That was the right thing to do to take a stand because they uh, felt one way or the other that the vaccine, you know, whatever. So I, I feel like if they firmly believed that it was harmful or unnecessary or infringed on their rights, and they were willing to take the hit for it, I feel like that was justifiable, right? But if you felt like, you know, maybe I just don't know, or I don't care, or I'm really gung-ho about it, you know, you getting the vaccine, keeping your job is also the right call, right? And so if, if you're making a sort of a moral judgment, I guess, you know, depending on what you believe, that's fine, but you also have to be willing to accept the consequences, right? So there's some of that that plays into it too, right? You know, can I go go home and feel good about myself if I make this decision? And at the end of the day, I'm not your conscience and I have no interest in being it. So that's a call you have to make. But yeah, in a lot of these cases, it like your the example you gave, Dave, there, there's no positive outcome for posing a resistance or building a resistance because they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. Then just real quick, then you have other situations where there's a mass layoff like we just found yeah, Twilio. With Twilio. So they're not those the only ones kind of, either. Yeah. Those are the out of your hand exceptions, but still how you react to that situation can make a difference mm. in your oh, yeah. future goals and employment. Because if I go online and start just bashing Twilio saying how horrible they are, one, I could find myself in a lawsuit of slander, but then two, would a new employer who is reading my social media, what would they think about? Right. Is that something that I would say to them directly? And if not, is that hurting my chance in achieving my goals? A lot of this reminds me of, too, there's kind of like an extra component, a layer on top of all of this that seems to trigger a lot of this. And that's kind of like uh, your gauge of how much work you're doing. Right. And I'd like to visit this topic because there are so many people that get burned out in our industry. I mean, in a lot of industries, but ours particularly. And I think a lot of it, you know, stems from putting, putting too much work in specific things uh, and not taking the appropriate time that your body needs, <laughs> you know, because it's so easy to get caught up, especially once you start building a family and there's other dependents that you have to that just start depending on you and taking your time and your, your time is only going to get smaller as you get older, right? And then, then you get grandkids and then it opens back up again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like from, from now on, from when you're young, like your time just like starts like compressing itself down. Uh, and we keep talking about, you know, uh, focusing on, you know, your five-year plan or whatever that you want to get done and accomplish. Uh, and it's very easy. Uh, you know, Dave, I imagine when you started Drifting Ruby that, you know, you were putting in more hours than you had available at sometimes it would probably feel like. Because uh, I know I've done that on side projects where I've just started dumping time in because I was really excited about it. And uh, then, you know, realizing that my body actually needed a break from the things that I was doing. 
uh, and the work that I was doing. And it's very easy to let that also affect, you know, your paid job too. If you start giving your time too much attention outside of work too, that can also create these problems that could manifest themselves uh, in different ways that maybe you're not thinking about. And so it's, I just want to say it's, it's good to get time for yourself, uh, and not, not set your expectations of yourself too high. Um, in that, mm-hmm. you know, know what, know what you can do and don't do more than that. Really. I right. think it's very easy to just let things fall apart and think that you're not in control, which you are. You could, you're in control of all the time that you have to use. <laughs> so if you feel overburdened in any way, you know, it's time to just take a step back. And I feel like that's oftentimes not done. And at RailsConf uh, recently, there was a great talk. I, I forget her name, but there was a great talk. She joined Vimeo recently and she was talking about her, her just getting burnt out, or putting too much time in, uh, you know, put, over writing blog articles and trying to do it all and just not taking the time that she needs for herself. And I know that's a common thread in a lot of things. And it ends up, you know, with people either getting fired or themselves leaving, you know, especially a great place to work. And I, I want to circle back because like finding that great place to work, an environment that helps support this, you know, self-care, I think is very important. Uh, and, and maybe one of the most important things when you're looking for a place uh, to help guide where you want to go even. Um, you know, there are so many great companies that do Ruby that help nurture your, your future. Yeah. I think uh, the, there are a couple of things that I want to point out. I, I think depending on, again, where you want to get to, you may just have to, for a while, you know, burn all the fuel you've got. Right. And that's usually more the entrepreneurial ventures, uh, depending on where you are and how you're set up. Versus, yeah, if you're if you're trying to advance within a company or work for an organization like that, yeah, a lot of times they'll they'll give you the resources you need for that kind of a thing. But if if you're on your own, a lot of times you're on your own. The other thing that I want to point out is that if you want results that no that you don't see the majority of people getting, you've got to be doing things that majority of people aren't doing. And generally, what I find is that those are the things with a little bit of planning that you can fit into the day without a ton of time being taken up. And so I think a lot of times what it is, what we wind up doing on those burnout things is we pick something that's really big that only has a small payoff and there are only small parts of it that really are going to matter. But yeah, you know, if, if it's not worth risk, you know, it's not worth losing your health. It's not worth losing your family. It's not, you know, and so, yeah, there's definitely a balance to be found. But but what I find is that a lot of people will look at something, it'll feel hard or uncomfortable, and then they'll find excuses not to do it. And I, and I worry that somebody's going to say, well, this puts me out of balance, where in reality, if they do it, it's going to pay off for them. And so I think there's, I think there's a balance there. And, and I think everybody has to evaluate where that's at. I do yeah. want to talk real... Oh, go ahead, Dave. And then I, I kind of want to take us into kind of the handful of things that I, I tell people to do as part of this, you know, staying current and building up your career. I think it's also important to have some kind of distinction of things that are not helping advance my career and things that I don't want to do. Because there's mm-hmm. been several weeks where I just, I didn't want to record an episode. I didn't want to edit it and publish it and do oh, the boy, research that week. <laughs> uh, so been there. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of effort and time. I probably spend 15 hours a week, 20 hours a week, just on episode prep, you know, doing research and then recording, editing and publishing. You know, I do it late at night when the kids are asleep, when the wife is asleep. And there's been weeks when I had COVID. There's, you know, even though I was vaccinated, so it wasn't as terrible, I guess, but it still knocked me on my butt. It wasn't easy. And there were, you know, I still recorded episodes and, you know, my voice was a little bit groggy. I had to re-record several times because I either coughed or whatever. And I didn't want to record. And if I go on vacation or something, I can't record because I don't have my equipment and that kind of stuff. So I have to plan ahead. And then, you know, I'll say like, I really don't want to do two or three episode recordings this week so I can take some time off next week or the week following. But 
those are things that I just don't want to do, but I still have committed to do. And it's stuff where once it's done, I can look back and say, yeah, that wasn't too bad. You know, maybe I was sick this week and stuff and that sucks, but it feels better to have kept to my commitment than to break my commitment and slack off or not even slack off, just not do it that week. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, that kind of comes back to, you know, what I've been talking about with a lot of this stuff is it is that consistency, right? It's it's constantly delivering uh, for yourself and for the people that are that you're you're committed to serve. So the, there are a few things that I tell people to do as part of this process. So once you know what you where you want to end up, then it's OK. You know, what do I need to do? Who do I need to be in order to have that? Right. And one of the things that I tell people to do on a regular basis is just learn something new, right? And I tell people that you can do this in 10 minutes every day, right? You see a lot of these folks out there that are, they they seem to just, you know, have this instinctive knowledge for, you know, how, how this goes together, how that works or whatever. And what it really usually is born out of is a consistent learning regimen of some kind. Now, in order to know what to learn, right, because we're talking about how to stay current, there are a couple of tricks that I have for this. Uh, we're going to run out of time before I go through everything that we should do, but you can sign up for the course. I'll walk you all through it. But one of the major things that I've done is I use a program called Feedly. We can count that as a pick. So what Feedly does is it allows you to subscribe to specific things. You can subscribe to RSS feeds. By the way, podcasting, if you listen to a podcast, it's all delivered through RSS feeds. Okay. I think most people understand what it is. If not, it's a it's an XML file that lists stuff, content. So a lot of blogs out there have them. If somebody's on Medium, they have it. Podcasts have them. Uh, YouTube channels have them. They don't publish it, right? There's no RSS button on the YouTube website. But if you put in the YouTube channel, Feedly and some of the other ones can can pick it up. GitHub repos have them. And so, you know, a lot of the things that you're going to want to kind of stay current on, you can you can do, right? And so for me, what I find is that if I spend some time picking up, hey, for example, Today at work, I was trying to figure out why this API wasn't working. And somebody's like, well, why don't you just put the stuff into Postman and make it work? Well, I've only used Postman to get auth credentials, right? An auth key. I haven't actually used it to actually hit an API, which is what it's designed for. And so, you know, that might be something on my radar. It's not new technology. It's not something that I have to stay up on, but it's something that's going to pay off, right? So I usually spend two or three of my days every week where I learn something new, learning something that I need to know now or soon. And then the, the rest of it is other stuff, right? So, but but that stuff that you're trying to stay current on, what I do in Feedly is I just, I have a board or a list and I just star stuff and put it on the list. And then the next day when I'm going to learn something, I'll go read the blog post or I'll go watch the video or whatever. And And that really does put me in a position where a lot of this stuff, you know, pays off, right? So I can subscribe on GitHub to releases on the Rails repo, right? And so if they release a new a release candidate or, you know, a new beta or whatever, or an alpha version, and, and, and that's something that I want to go play with, right, it'll notify me. And so I can just work through that list and see what's going on. But a lot of times the other thing is, is that some of the things that I need to learn are not going to be those kind of technical skills where I can go read a blog post or whatever. And so the other thing that I've done is like if it's leadership skills or interpersonal skills or things like that. There are a lot of books and courses and things like that that you can go pick up on. And so a lot of times it's well-established stuff. I'm not staying current. I'm learning skills that I need to learn in order to become rather than learn how to do the things, the, the person that I need to be to qualify for whatever it is, right? Because when you're hiring a senior dev, you're not just hiring somebody that has tech skills. You're hiring somebody that has tech skills that can work together with the people on the team, can take the lead when they need to, and can, you know, generally push things forward. And so, you know, if you're hiring a dev evangelist, right, they need to be able to speak, they need to be able to teach, they need to be able to write. And so depending on where you want to end up, you know, some of these other skills are probably going to play in as well. And so that that's the approach that I use. And yeah, I use Feedly. And then if I run into something that I can't really, you know, consistently pull into Feedly, then a lot of times I'll just set up a Trello board and I'll just stick it in. Or I'll see if there's a way to add a link to that board without subscribing to an RSS feed that gave it to me in the first place. But but that gives me the the result I want. And then the other piece of this, because it's not just 
learning, but a lot of times it's it's how you learn it. I benefit a lot from having people explain stuff to me, right? That's why I love podcasts. And so I I have people start a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or something so that they can consistently put this stuff out. But then the flip side is, is that if if I want to learn a thing and I want, you know, I want somebody to explain to me how to do it, then a lot of times I'll invite them on a podcast, right? Or you can invite them to do kind of a text-based interview. I've seen those on blogs, right? Invite them to your YouTube channel. And then you can just ask them all your questions and you get kind of get that free mentorship. And and that's another means to doing that. The other thing is, is it demonstrates that you are involved in the community. You've got relationships with people that matter and that you know the things that people need to know so that if the opportunity that I need isn't where I'm at, the people who have that opportunity are the people that I'm either meeting through my content or they're going to be able to see my content and know that I'm the right person. And a lot of times that just short circuits a whole bunch of things and opens a whole bunch of doors for me. You know, it's funny that you mentioned some of that because I recently started doing a podcast series, a video coverage of This Week in Rails newsletter. Mm -hmm. And it's a curated list of all the different changes that have been merged into the Rails framework over the past week. And there's a team of people that curate it I don't do it. I just do the video coverage of it. Right. But what I found myself doing every time, because I've been receiving that newsletter for many, many months now, but I would just kind of glance at it and then move on with my day. Even though it's something that I'm really interested to see what is happening in the Rails framework, I wasn't giving it the attention that I needed to. Mm -hmm. So by producing the video coverage of that newsletter, I'm forced to read it. I'm forced to click on the links, dig in, find out more Mm -hmm. about stuff. And I'm discovering new things in the Rails framework that's either have been there for a long time, issues that other people have been experiencing and stuff. So that's been a really good way for me to do it. And the nice thing about it is that all the content is already prepared. I just have to read through it, do a little bit of investigative work, and then record and edit and publish the coverage. So that's been a good way for me to additionally uh, keep learning is by really taking the time to read through. The video recording is more for the community than as myself, Mm -hmm. but taking the time to sit and read through all of this content that's coming through, it has served me much better than scrolling through random stuff on Reddit or whatever. Right. Yeah. Feedly also does Reddit. It does Reddit, Twitter, newsletters, and RSS feeds. Yeah. I was going to save mine for picks, but since we're on the topic of learning, I mean, there are so many great free communities out there, specifically for Ruby and Rails. And Joe Mazzalotti, who runs Rails Devs. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Rails Devs, it's a great uh, site to get, you know, recruiters to look at you and kind of build your credibility in the, you know, recruitment process. But he has a great list of open Discord servers and Slack uh, servers that are out there and mailing lists that, you know, are all very inviting to the Ruby and Rails community and just great resources. And that is that is a great way to even, you know, aside from going to conferences, which is, I would say, that hands down the number one thing you can do to... to mm-hmm to put yourself out there and to meet other, even just to see what it, other companies are out there that might be worth looking at, right? Because a lot of times it's it's very hard to uh, know what is a good company and what's not. Uh, and, you know, the, you could tell a lot by the presence at some of these conferences very easily what companies stand out. Because for anybody that's not <laughs> familiar with this, uh, you know, it's very hard to hire right now specifically in our industry and our sect of Ruby and going to any of these conferences, you know, whoever's there hiring the most people is probably a good tell at the quality of the company if they're able to retain the people that are so valuable right now, right? But just side note, uh, you know, to really just diving into the community and adding on to your learning through what other people are sharing, their other processes, uh, you know, I'm I'm in a Ruby on Rails link Slack channel often, uh, and just exploring around and seeing what people are posting, and 
you know, people post their problems and every, you know, people contribute and say, Oh, I've had that problem where, you know, they might post to some obscure rails issue that's been out for five years, but so low volume that, you know, you'd never come across it by searching because it would never come up in a search. Cause how do you search for a specific bug that has like a weird chain of dependencies? Right. So, I mean, joining these communities, you can just learn so much uh, without having to pick something even, right? You could just be like, oh, like somebody posted this uh, issue they're having. What is that, right? Like, (laughs) you know, it might not even be an issue that you're having, but like seeing what other people are working on and the issues that they're facing, you can sometimes just unfurl a whole section of learning that you didn't even know that you would be interested in, right? Yeah, I, I just want to pile onto that. And I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. And by the way, uh, meetups are another great way, right? If you can't travel, the the online conferences are just not at a good time. You, know, you can go watch the talks, but the, the magic's in talking to people. So the very first conference I went to, brand new Rails developer. In fact, I was, I think I was just about to be hired for my first full-time developer job. Um, I was working QA at another company and uh, I went to the conference because I wanted to meet people and, and see what was going on there. And so uh, I walk in and I sit down and there's this huge, huge guy sitting in the seat, just, you know, kind of on the other side of the aisle, uh, you know, white hair, big white beard. And I, you know, and I just look at him and I, uh, you know, I start talking to him. And at the time, you know, I'd been exploring testing rails and testing Ruby. And so I just looked at him and I said, you know, and so we got talking and, you know, it's like, so I have a question, right? People keep talking about mocking in tests, right? And, you know, I just don't understand the difference between stubs and mocks and how they're used and all that stuff. And so he explained it to me, right? He just looked at me and smiled and explained it to me. And, you know, we talked for like 45 minutes because I was really early for the conference. It was a single track conference. It was Mountain West Ruby conference. And then when it got, oh, you know, when it started, somebody sat down next to him and I, I figured out that this guy was kind of a big deal. Uh, and it was, it was the late Jim, Jim Wyrick that I was sitting next to. Right. And, you know, just explained the whole thing to me. And I had no idea. I know, no idea who he was, no idea, you know, that people really looked up to him. I had no idea he had written FlexMock, which was a mocking line stuffing library, right? Um, but it's it's that kind of thing. It's those kinds of interactions, right? And Jim and I got to be pretty good friends, you know, all the Ruby events. You know, I'd wind up going to lunch or din- dinner with him at least once or twice. But, you know, and if I ever had questions, you know, I could just email him or, you know, some of the other uh, Ruby folks that I met through him. And there's just so much good that comes out of that, right? Or you might wind up going to the, the meetups and meeting some senior folks there that maybe aren't well known, but still can offer you kind of that understanding of what's next in your career path. The other thing, though, is that, and, and this is fun to do at a bunch of these conferences and stuff, is just talk to people about what they're using, right? It's like, hey, I'm building a side project and I want to try something different for auth. What are you using, right? And so you may find out that yeah, 90% of them are using Devise and the other handful of people are using Auth0 or OmniAuth or whatever, right? And so it's like, oh, well, how does that work? And what are the trade-offs? And do you like it? And stuff like that. There's just so much power to it. Uh, I can't even tell you what, just talking to people. And I'd love to, I've talked to a bunch of people that I used to talk to people and be like, well, there's no meetup near me. And so we'd get on meetup.com and we put in their zip code. And if they were in the U.S. at least, or most of Europe, there was one within a half hour of them, right? Even if they weren't in a major city. And nowadays, after COVID, a lot of those aren't running anymore. So I'm not seeing that as much. I'd love to get an online meetup set up like that. And what I've been looking at doing is is setting it up so that they're like basically open virtual tables. So you can sit down at the virtual table and turn your camera on and talk to people. But yeah, there's there's so much that comes out of those conversations that happen more naturally than they do over Slack. The Atlanta Ruby users group has been online for the past couple mm-hmm. of years. So we've stopped meeting in, per- in person and we've been doing it online and it has attracted a following of uh, non-Atlanta, Georgia native people. 
So yeah. check there out. You know, I visit there every month. Yeah. But the other thing is that I found is that having those relationships open stores too, right? It's not just the ideas you get from people. It's also the, hey, you seem like a person I'd like to work with or my friend's company's hiring and they really need somebody and you seem like the kind of person that they could use, right? And so, you know, when it is time to to move, I got a bunch of contracts too as a freelancer from relationships like that that I got from meetups and conferences. So anyway, so so those are kind of the biggies, right? Is is doing all those things. And there are approaches to each of those, right? To watching videos or working through courses or uh, listening to podcasts to make sure that you're getting the most out of them. And... You know, that that's what I intend to cover in the course. I just don't have time to cover it right here, right now. But, um, you know, so just walk you through, okay, what do you want? All right, what's the short-term goal? And then, yeah, how, how do you hit all these places to, to make the difference, right? And if, it, if you spend a half hour to an hour a day on this and then, you know, make it out to a meetup or a conference on a periodic basis, you're doing pretty good and you should be able to stay up on things and be able to put yourself in a position, the position you want to be. And then, yeah, don't be afraid to venture into some of the other content out there for like business people and influencers and stuff. If that's going to open those doors up for you, if you want to go in a different way, other than kind of climbing the ladder within a company or within multiple companies. And and that's kind of the gist of, of what I've been telling people and coaching people on for the last few months is just, you know, those kinds of things, right? And I've had, like, I had one guy that I coached and he started a Flutter podcast and he's kind of the the big Flutter YouTube channel and podcast out there these days now. And so you you can find these opportunities. You know, I've, I've coached other people that just wound up getting basically a promotion and a raise at work because they did a handful of things that demonstrated that they were overqualified for what they were being paid in the position they were in and at the same time helped whoever it was that was making these decisions who was probably just busy, right? Most of the time people aren't trying to hold you down. They're just busy, but gave them the opportunity to demonstrate to the people that made these decisions to give them the promotions. When I've talked to other people through, you know, coached them through going freelance or finding more clients as a freelancer. And, you know, these things work for all of those scenarios, right? Um, I've coached people through, you know, kind of making the connections so they could write a book, right? Because a lot of times it's part of it's about your writing ability and part of it's about can you get in front of the editor for the whatever series at whatever publisher. And so a, a lot of this just breaks down to, you know, who do I need to know? What do I need to know? And how do I show people that that I've got it? And uh, so that that's what I'm pushing for. So Anyway, I'll put a link to the course in the, the show notes. But if not, I mean, I hope this helped people just kind of get inspired to, you know, go out and blaze your own trail. Or if you're going to stay on the same general trail that people stay on, just realize that you're not stuck where you are, that you can you can climb out of wherever you're at if you take the initiative and go own it. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. All right, let's do picks. Valentino, you have some picks? I've got quite a few. That <laughs> that, that was uh, just sparked from this, our conversations here. The first one, probably the most relevant, is Brandon Weaver over at Gusto. He started a brand new uh, Ruby Learning Center. Uh, it's basically a Discord center or Discord server uh, that walks through a bunch of known published Ruby and Rails Ruby related books uh, that are out there. It's, it seems to be a fantastic resource. So if you are interested in specifically Ruby diving in to uh, some more, you know, more content that's out there, uh, it's a great place to check out. The second one is Rails Devs uh, that I mentioned. The reverse—it's called the reverse job board for Ruby. Uh, definitely worth checking out uh, if you are interested. And uh, the last one I have is uh, a product Doximity makes here uh, called Roundsy, uh, and it's a great way to just uh, set up a a link and it rotates a video chat. So if you have a group that you want to just quickly make a 
you know, rotating group of people that randomly get put together. It's a great way to do that. We use it for our offsites all the time to to help just meet new people. And uh, I, I use it at conferences all the time virtually. And it's a great way to just, you know, hang out with new people and uh, kind of get a, a limited time with them. Cool. All right. I'll throw out my picks. So I was playing games with some friends of mine the other day and we played a game called Iron Gauge and, or Irish Gauge. And Irish Gauge is a train game. So if you played like Ticket to Ride, and you, you know, you build train lines and uh, you get bonuses for connecting cities. I, Irish Gauge is the same thing. It's in Ireland. Uh, the difference is, is that you get points for like finishing train lines and, you know, the length of your train lines in Irish Gauge you are trying to effectively make the most money. And so you can own stock in the different train lines. And then when anybody calls for dividends, you get paid out according to the the number of cities the train line connects to. Um, I think the length of the train line plays in as No, it doesn't. It's just the cities. And so you, you're trying to connect to as many cities as possible. And so you can either build trains, you can auction stock but if you auction stock you have to be able to buy the stock at its face value in order to auction it somebody may still outbid you but you have to be able to buy it if nobody else wants it i'm trying to remember you can so you can build trains you can call for dividends you can auction stock or you can upgrade cities and then when you call for dividends what happens is uh, you have a bag full of little cubes and you pull out three cubes and the colors of the cubes determine which cities pay out. And so anyway, it's pretty cool. It's pretty simple. The The instructions for it are one page front and back, right? doesn't have a big thick manual. It's a 2.36 on Board Game Geek out of five for weight. Most casual games hit about two. So, you know, and, and most of the complexity is, is do I want to call for dividends or do I want to build my train line into the next city? Right. And, you know, when we played, I wound up buying the same train stock as another guy. Right. And so we built out one train line and then we built out the other train line together. Right. So he took his turn, built. I took my turn and built. Right. So we got to a lot of cities that way. Doesn't always work out that way. You know, and when we were done, then I owned a different train stock than he did. So then I was focused on that one and he was focused on the other one. You know, do I call for dividends if it's going to give so and so more money than me because I'm competing with them over? this other train line stock, right? Because you get paid out proportional to the number of stocks you own versus everybody else. So anyway, it, it was really fun. Really, really fun. And uh, so I'm going to pick it. They have a couple of other games that are kind of spin-offs and I guess more complex than that. I haven't played them. So uh, my buddy had them. I don't remember what they were called. But yeah, you can go check out Irish Gauge. That's where I'd start. And then if you like it, you can go pick up the other ones. But it's pretty fun. My, the friend of mine that I played it with, he he's part owner in a game store. And so he had played it at war, at the store and then bought it and came home with it. So then what else am I going to pick? I've been reading a book series, a new book series, or listening to it on Audible. It's called, I, or the first book's I Am Not a Serial Killer by Dan Wells. And yeah, the main character has sociopathic, tendencies, I guess, for lack of a way. He's a sociopath. But, you know, and so you see him kind of battling his nature to, you know, want to commit murders and stuff. And honestly, I'm not a psychologist. So, you know, if you know a whole lot more about psychopathy than I do, and it bothers you, I'm sorry, but I am not an expert there. I just, I found it interesting, you know, kind of reading through the struggles that he went through. But at the same time, I don't want to give, a, I don't want to give it away. Anyway, it starts out somebody's murdering people in his town. And so he starts uh, checking out what's going on and trying to figure out who's doing it. And once he figures out who's doing it, there's a twist. And the twist happens probably a third of the way into the book. And the rest of it is him trying to figure out how to stop the killings. But anyway, so really, really, uh, I really enjoyed it. And it was a short listen on Audible. So I've already picked up the next one. And uh, yeah, anyway, so I'm going to pick that. And then I did want to shout out about the course. So just go to topendevs.com, click courses. It'll be listed there. The other thing that uh, I'm doing is I'm updating the coaching offerings, you know, so we'll have weekly calls and, you know, I'll walk you through advancing your career if you want kind of more one-on-one -on -one focused stuff, right? Because, you know, if I have a whole lot of people sign up for the course, the weekly calls, I'm going to try and prioritize the things that I can and then answer everybody else in, you know, in the course setting. But if you want one-on-one -on -one where I'm, you know, talking to, talking to you well, or one on like 10, 
where I'm talking, to, you know, covering things for everybody. Both of those options are going to be available. And then finally, the last thing is, is I'm going to start a book club for developers. I think I'm probably either going to reach out to Kent Beck or Bob Martin and see if we want to cover one of their books for the first book. And yeah, we'll do a weekly call as we go through those books. And then I'm going to set up a discourse forum for the book club so that if you uh, if you want to join in, you can. And yeah, so if you're interested in any of that, let, you know, just, just jump on topendevs.com and should be available. I did postpone Rails Remote Conf to January. So if you were looking forward to that, look forward to it a little further in the future. And yeah, that, that, that's pretty much what I've got. Dave says in the chat that he doesn't have any picks. So unless he wants to unmute and change his mind, we will. Uh, we should up. pick Drifting Ruby for him. We should. As, Dave picks great Drifting resource. Ruby. It's awesome. I actually watch his videos all the time and I highly recommend it for anybody interested in learning some great stuff. Yeah, they're exceptionally well done. And the thing that I, I like, because some of the some of the videos that I've watched that are kind of in this arena, they kind of ramble through and it's like, oh, well, this didn't really... And his, his are really well put together and really well thought out and they flow really well. And at the same time, they also explain well what you're trying to learn. So you kind of get the best of all worlds where it's not this rambling video, but it is complete. So anyway, yeah. Definitely go check it out. It's not that expensive either. That's the other great thing. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, this was a great conversation. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, just keep learning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's the thing is it's not rocket science. If you set that long-term plan and then it's like, you know what? I've been working toward being a technical co-founder and I just figured out that, that is not the path for me. You probably still learned a ton of stuff that you can use somewhere else. And so just be consistent. Just keep moving. Bandwidth for and, this segment you know, is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest right. CDN. Next time, Deliver folks, your content out. fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.